Welcome, heathens and witches, to the Horn and Cauldron podcast. podcast. Yeah, so we're back at it again. Uh, we've got a special episode for you today. We uh, we have an interview, guys. How exciting. Yeah, yeah. so come along and join us for this interview with uh, uh, Bruja Wendy. And um, yeah, we'll enjoy. Yeah, see what happens there. Hello. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing great, and you guys? Oh, we're doing good. Fantastic. Thank you for having me. Oh my God, the flower crown with the spring. Oh, thank you. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) This is my Ostara flower crown. I have like, I think I have like six of them right now, and I have plans for like 20 more. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like tulips and wisteria and crystals. I love it. It's fantastic. It's very pretty. It's very pretty. I like it. Well, thank you for having me today. Such just a pleasure to get to talk to the two of you and just explore whatever you want to explore about the witchy. Yeah. The deeper, the better. I like going like deep. So whatever awesome. you want. Awesome. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. We're very excited about it. So we, uh, we're recording this, um, the, the Zoom call itself, and uh, then we'll um, edit everything together. We'll do like a little intro and a little outro, and uh, that should be up on Monday. Sometime around like noon or one o'clock hour time. Oh, that's quick. Okay, let me know and I'll put it on all our social media and I'll send yeah, it on the yeah. email. Yeah. We'll put it on our social medias also and tag you and do yeah, we'll all do the all stuff. stuff. <laughs> awesome. Can you hear me okay? Is this oh, good? Yeah. Yeah, perfect. 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 And you hear us all right? Pretty good. Okay, perfect. Cool. Thank Great. you. Great. Well, before we get started, do you have any questions for us? Um, no, not really. If there's anything specific that you want to talk about, uh, let me know. But honestly, you have open book here. So if you want to go as deep as you want to go, we can touch on topics that people usually doesn't talk about. And um, advanced practices is always a good thing to talk about because not it's not something that is easily available there's more like Absolutely. basic stuff but also it's yeah. important yeah. to talk uh to touch on the fundamentals too yeah. so yeah. definitely great. definitely well we don't really have a rigid structure of questions we kind of wanted it to be a bit more conversational so feel free to talk about whatever you want to talk about wherever the questions and everything takes us like yeah. that's kind of the the vibe <laughs> yeah yeah definitely definitely uh so uh let's start with uh can we get a quick introduction yeah. Um, so who are you? Yeah, about you. Who, who are you? Introduce yourself to, to the audience, as it were. Who am I in this lifetime? <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. In this lifetime. <laughs> My name is Wendy Mata. I am the founder of Bruja Power Botanica. I am a Bruja Curandera by Lineage and Iniciated Shaman. Uh, that translates to I am a witch of Lineage. I come from a long generation of witches in Mexico what we call brujeria, which is really very similar to witchcraft, except for a few things that are more, uh, what I will say, local or connected to the culture, but it's very similar. Uh, I was raised as a secular witch, although at the same time I was raised within Catholicism. So there's a lot of, I don't know, trauma there going on (laughs) that I'm still working on. We're not talking about everybody else. What we're talking about, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mostly on on the connection to source. I I had to do a lot of my own work on figuring out that you don't really need an intermediary to connect to the God, the Goddess, the Buddha, the Allah, the source, whatever you want to call it. So I think that's most most of that. That's 
the work that I've been doing, um, I have dedicated my life full-time for the past two years to be a witch full-time with the Wichianica as well as with my community, Mujer Luna International Coven. I get to host uh, speakers that come and talk into the community about all sorts of topics on shamanism and witchcraft and mediumship and you name it. It's a lot of fun. Um, and also with classes, I really love to have the opportunity to share some of the knowledge that was gifted to me by my family, as well as by my teachers. I'm an avid student. I believe that we can always learn. Nobody is ever the expert. There's not such a thing as an expert. Maybe you know a little more than the average, but we still have a lot to learn. So I'm always studying different things, exploring different systems, different processes uh, to share the the knowledge that I already know that exists within. But uh, listening to uh, different people gives us the opportunity to understand different processes, I guess, different ways of applying the information. Uh, before I was a witch full time, I work in the corporate world for 20 years. Um, I started working very young and... I was uh, doing technology development, uh, cybersecurity, communications, and data forensics. And then my last job was developing uh, microgrids for undeveloped communities in Africa. So it was a lot of techie. I'm very geeky, besides very witchy. Um, but um, I just got the call that I had to do this full time, and I started preparing to be able to leave my very good corporate job and create a business that serve people in the way that I wanted to serve them, but also fulfill my own financial needs. Because I believe that sometimes we made a mistake of, ah, I'm going to go and follow my mission, but then we don't really have a safety net and then everything goes to share, right? <laughs> because we don't really have a way to pay our bills. So in my case, I prepare. I did some preparation and magic and strategy and mentors and so on. Uh, to be able to jump from one identity to the other identity uh, in a safe way. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. That's a um, uh, that's a lot of lot of, lot of connective tissue to things. us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, uh, we both worked in in uh, like tech. Uh, you work in social media. I currently. work in banking and in social media, yeah. and have worked it as a technical support and QA with things okay. like that. Yeah, and I, I managed inventory databases and did uh, marketing and social media uh, for my family brewery for a number of years. And um, and then just recently left that to pursue this, the podcast and and our other business um, full time as well. So, yeah, I definitely understand coming from tech and I was I was born and raised Catholic and and have left that behind. <laughs> yeah, so we understand each other. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I get it, man. Totally, totally, totally. Yeah, and I am not far behind leaving the corporate world, although it's um, it's never soon enough. <laughs> once you kind of get the call yeah, yeah. and we definitely heard the call during the during the panini yeah. uh to sort of dedicate our lives to this and yeah. that's why so we've just been making and... increase you know making moves to to separate ourselves from you know the the old way of doing things back into sort of being able to like do interviews like this and have more time to set all this stuff up and you know run our business and and uh kind of share what research we do uh we uh are of a similar mind with there's always room to learn. I'm a I'm a really avid book reader and collector. So I have like a myriad of of uh magical books exploring like a bunch of different practices 
uh, and a, a wish list a thousand miles long of books to yeah. buy. Yeah, uh, but it's an expensive <laughs> hobby to own books. Right, it is. So, it is. You know. Especially books pertaining to occult and magic and witchcraft yeah. stuff. And yeah. they, they're hard to find. Uh, I have always been interested in witchcraft and the occult. Um, although I was not raised in any sort of religious way. My mother was raised Catholic and that didn't really work out for her. Um, <laughs> so my, my brother and I were not raised religious, but I have always had... I've always had the gift, um, that sort of thing. And I have basically dedicated my life to it even before this. So I've, uh, you know, done lots of different things with it. I've always been very, very interested about the old ways of doing things and about learning about how other magical systems work and other, how other cultures deal with it in, uh, in a, in a respectful way of, of course. Yeah. I want to honor, not take advantage of anything. Oh, uh, it's it's so. good to share and learn. It's it's always nice to see the intersectionality between uh, different types of faith and different types of practice and different types of witchcraft. Like um, you mentioned that uh, that Brujeria is similar to witchcraft, but a little different because there's a bit of a locality to it. Um, what would be some of the differences between like traditional Western witchcraft as we describe it today um, and brujeria, uh, the classical practice? Well, that's a great question. So I, th I, I personally think that um, some of the big differences are the aspects of brujeria that are connected to native practices. There is a lot of connection to our Native American tradition, Toltec, Aztec, Mayan. Uh, and the way that our ancestors heal people, we incorporate a lot of herbs and a lot of plants. And there is not a lot of separation from healing and holistic healing and the witchcraft aspect of brujería. Like they're Absolutely. very connected. Yeah. Uh, but also uh, most brujos and brujas in Mexico, they were with saints. I personally don't work with saints. I work directly with the elemental forces and the universe. And I do work with some spirits sometimes, but I just like waving the energy directly from spirit. I don't necessarily feel like you have to have somebody to help uh, unless special cases, right? I'm not saying that it's sure, not great sure. to work with spirits too, but I think that's also one of the differences, the saints aspects of it. Although we know that a lot of the deities from Celtic tradition, from uh, you know the older religion, uh, they are the saints are the same just like with colonization it came having to assign a different name into those deities in order yeah, for yeah. for the yeah. colonized to, to, to like westernize european right, 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 right. deities yeah. and, exactly. and saints that already existed certainly a thing yeah. we talk about all the time yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah it's like to get europeans right <laughs> right 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 exactly and I think on my in my part talking about European Europeans, like in my case, I try to honor both because I do have Toltec blood on me all the way to my mother. Everybody on her on her line were pure Toltecs. Like they were like just on the community. There was not a lot of mestizaje there, which is like the blending. But then my grandmother fell in love with a man that was Spanish British, and then that changed everything, right? And then. My dad's family, side of the family, is very mestizo from all over the place. So I try to honor both traditions. I try to honor my part of the Native American practices and and shamanism and the sacredness that comes with that. But I also try not to deny the other part of me. Because for a really long time, I did. I was in this state of anger of like, fuck colonization, blah, blah, blah. You know, like I wasn't really this like 
space that wasn't healthy. And then I got to visit uh, Spain with my husband and my daughter a few years ago. And I was having this conflict because it also felt like home. And it it was my first time visiting Spain. And I was telling Anthony, that's the name of my husband. And I was telling him, I feel angry that I was raised hating this part of me when in reality, it's also a part of me. And a part of me awaken also in that visit. So I uh, since then, I think we did this trip, maybe 2018, 19, I can't remember. But since then, I, I, I became more open into embracing both sides and exploring both sides and maybe taking the best of both sides and also not embracing the worst of both sides. Because I cannot say that my native ancestors didn't have bad things because they also did like because we're humans right we're living yes. in a human experience yeah it's yeah. not correlated to them being natives or all being natives it's just like humans can talk <laughs> yes, yes. Um, how yeah. do you how do you um sort of work with that in your in your sort of like daily practice how do you find that you harmonize that those two um almost conflicting but also harmonizing aspects of your spirituality uh, thank you for that question. Well, I one thing I've learned um, is that because I'm studying many cultures, many traditions in a very respectful way, doesn't necessarily mean I'm teaching them. I'm studying them because I'm curious about the way that they do magic and connect to spirit. One thing that I've seen is that the core is the same. There is a different system. Maybe they have a different name. Maybe they have a different methodology, but the core is the same. The core is we are magic. We are energy. We have the ability to change reality with our own self and our thoughts and our manipulation of energy. And we are one with the earth. We are one with the source. We are one with the elementals. So understanding that concept that for me came as very clear when I was studying. I think I got this when I was... I was in Malaysia and I was studying feng shui from these uh, Malaysian Chinese teacher, uh, Lillian is her name. And she was teaching us a lot of the things that came in that master feng shui class. And it made a click to me because I, I thought this is very similar to space clearing in shamanism. There is different symbologies. There are different deities that they are incorporating on, on, on activating the affluence that comes with feng shui. But it is the exact same thing. And then I was studying prani healing, which is um, from the Philippines and a little bit of the Hindu tradition. And then I realized it's the exact same thing. It is different, but it's not different, if that makes sense. So, yeah, so every time that I, yeah. I feel a conflict, I really just remembered, okay, what is all this about? And this is all about our own growth, releasing our trauma, growing as witches, healers, shamans, and connecting to spirit. And then that harmonizes the connection between both. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. yeah, we I I you know, I like to say all the time, it's all one thing. Everything's the same thing. You know, whenever yeah. whenever whenever there's yeah. that that sort of conflict of like of like, all right, well, like this is, you know, we could do this this way or or um yeah, like when we're talking, especially uh, we just recently did uh an episode on uh flower magic and uh, we were talking about how like the meaning of certain flowers has changed over time. I mean, just in European traditions, the definition of what a flower means has shifted over time. And it's like but it's it, it's still the same flower. It's all the same thing, right? It, how it what it means, or whether you're using it for its flower or its color, it's all sort of kind of one, you know. As long as we're all like, you know, we always say like, don't, like, don't be a jerk. Every like, 
As long as right. we're respectful <laughs> and sharing right. stuff and not being jerks, then we can all kind of grow. You know, it's that it's that uh, uh, rising tide lifts all ships sort mm -hmm. of uh, sort of a sentimentality there. But um, yeah, that's awesome. I, and it sounds like you're definitely, um, like, you know, you said, like you had said earlier, you're definitely like um, always learning and always growing. It seems like you've studied a lot of of different practices, which is which is super super awesome. Um, Man, questions. Sorry, um, the microphone is like right in the shot of my. Of the okay. uh, so, um, so how do you work with, and uh, what do you work with, uh, like? So you, you said that you work with, uh, like spirit and elemental energies. It, uh, describe a little bit, like how how you work with these elemental energies. Like, what are these elemental energies you work with, for lack of better words? Okay, so uh, I practice energy weaving, which is basically, in my opinion, because I, I think witchcraft is so it's so funny because we all have different perspectives of different things, and we use words for different things. So that's why I'm I'm uh, clarifying what it means to me. Sure. Um, I practice energy weaving in a way that I ask the frequencies and energies to show up to me. So if I'm working, let's say, with a frequency of fire, which could be used to heat up something or burn away something, or all the correspondences for fire. I ask fire to show me the frequency that they want to share with me. And I see those frequencies. I have synesthesia. So I have my brain is very um, light up. Like I feel, sense, and taste everything at once. It's like a very weird way. But I see the frequencies. And I practice weaving in a way that I ask my hands to take some of these frequencies and activate them and use them and incorporating in different things. So if I am, let's say, creating a candle for uh, protective magic, I ask the uh, several warriors to show up to me. And I ask them to give me the frequency of defensive magic. And then I incorporate the energies of those warriors. And I insert that on my candles, on my oils, on my baths. Uh, people always say that the problems that they get to me from me are very strong. And that is because I incorporate weaving in everything I do. That will be one way. Uh, the other thing too, is that I work a lot with visualization and I work a lot with future selves and past selves and multiple dimension selves. So if there is something that I want to accomplish for myself, for my life, for my family, I weave the energies between the future versions of the self and the present version of the self to somehow hack my system and up-level my own frequencies and my own vibrations into that uh, self. And then I do something that is called stacking timelines that I not just focus on my next version, but I also focus on the next version of my next version. So I am not just going to point A, but I'm also going to point B and I am speeding up my own growth but also the growth of my next version so that they can get into the next version if that makes sense like version a b and c right or version one two and three that makes <laughs> way more sense than you could possibly imagine yeah, absolutely. yeah this is absolutely. what you're describing is like exactly the same stuff that i am talking about and yeah. i'm uh, like my practice is based is is educated through and based in like norse practice right which they they did um uh uh the magical practice of the Norse is often done with specifically weaving, weaving reality and energies, exactly oh. like you're talking about. I, for so long, have talked about the, like, I call it the infinite Jonathan, 
right? The 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 multiverse of self and being able to use knowledge and energy from that place. I am. We are on the exact same page. Let me tell you. That is that is uh, and I, goosebumps. Uh, goosebumps. Yeah, same. About and that. I, yeah, that's crazy. I call energies to me, and I call spirits to me, and I ask them to help me with a thing, or I ask them to tell me what I need to know to move forward. And I also do that stacking timelines magic, although I have never really thought about a term for it. And I really love the way that you describe it. Yeah. Is this something that, are these practices something that you were sort of taught or sort of like naturally fell into intuitively or through learning and having light bulb moments, learning about other things, you sort of just blended them all into like a really delicious coffee. Mm, coffee. Like I see you guys <laughs> drinking something I'm like, oh, I wish it's, I had my cup of coffee. But I it's, had so it's, much a little, it's a little early in the morning for us here. So, Where are you located? We're in California. So definitely early in the morning. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that's all right. <laughs> Thank you for waking up early. Um, I am not a morning person. Also, since I became a mother, I had to be a morning person. I didn't sure. look for it, but it happened. <laughs> so... <laughs> Regarding the question about where is this coming from? So I think some of the concepts are uh, part of my shamanism education, which is really in shamanism, there is the concept that the soul splits and it goes to multiple dimensions, right? And in order to become whole again in this reality, you have to go to the other places and grab the pieces of the soul. And in traditional shamanism, usually they go to the underground, but also, we talk about different levels of connection, up to 13 levels of connection all the way to the source. So different levels of collective in different times and different spaces. But then when he became explained to me like this, is it's kind of funny. I was in a cybersecurity conference and they were talking about... Uh, firewalls and different type of subwares and how you could find a hole in a firewall and insert a virus and then the virus will be dormant and then it will come awaken later in life hacking la 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 and then it kind of like everything became connected to me I was like oh or energy or or feel is a firewall and uh, the software is the programming and there is beta versions of the software, alpha beta, alpha versions of the software, and then multiple versions of the software. And then that kind of like opened up to me the world of like, what can I say? Like making it more of an understandable term, especially for IT people, which is funny because a lot of my customers work in technology. And I think it's because we speak the language of of tech in a way, sure, but that's one, yeah. of, one of the ways. And then really in my dreams, I always have all these versions coming. And and sometimes the way that I see the world, I can see these frequencies. I can see the colors of these frequencies. I can taste them. I can smell them. So for me, it just became like natural. I teach this now to other people, but for me, it was more of a connection of different things that I knew. Sure, like a I spontaneous connection and understanding. Yeah. yeah. Certainly, certainly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I like that. And it's nice to hear other people talk about sort of connecting logic between computer science and magic. I know we often talk about, because of our focus on our cultural and historical relationship with magic, we often approach practice from a historical standpoint. And, and um, sort of shun technology uh, yeah, in that you, process. You, I think you often see and hear people like, oh, you, you know, you don't, like you got to use 
handmade, you know, handmade, hand dipped candles or whatever. And it's like, well, but I mean, use an LED candle if that's what you have available to you kind of a situation, you know, a thing that we always talk about. But um, I know in like chaos magic and stuff, there are people who specifically use computers in their practice and have used like technology and such in their practice. Uh, but that's, is that something you come upon frequently is people who are like sort of pro technology in their practice? Or do you see a lot more people who are sort of trying to reject technology in the way they approach their magical practice? I think it depends on, on, on the audience. Like when I was working for this really cool startup that then being ended being sold for billions of dollars, but like I was there almost at the beginning and everybody there was very, um, I don't know, open to different perspectives. And even some of those terms that I have been assigning to this thing that have been manifested to me, they have their own explanations of these terms. And they also, like, they talk a lot about sacred geometry and they talk a lot about all these things that are connected to technology. But then I've also seen the other side where there's the technology people that kind of closes themselves to the intuitive portion of who we are. So I have experienced both. But I think that uh, the the my theory, okay, the higher you go, as a person in technology, let's say you you gain the CEO level of maybe you own your own multi-million dollar company. What I've seen is that these people eventually need more. Having a successful company is not enough. Working on creating a potent, a, a productive, positive, abundant culture is not enough. And then they start searching for the something else. And the something else we know is our connection to spirit, is our own healing of trauma, is our own calling the pieces of the self, is our own opening of our ways of seeing the world. And that's where you see that these terms start really like extrapolating in a way that is mind blowing with these people. In I'm talking about technology, okay, where they are like on the top of success, whatever you want to call that. And then they just need something else. And in that search, there's this connection. Oh, that's this, that's that, that's the other. I also have a theory that it's funded in nothing. There's no data to back it up, okay? <laughs> but I we have love the theories. Theory. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I also have to, I have to talk also as an engineer that I am, like data matters to us, right? But I have a theory that a lot of people in technology are being asked to weave ancient and future and present realities to bring information for people to reclaim their power. I have the theory that a lot of us, like you guys are being called to find ways to use technology in a way that is um, making our connection to spirit stronger. Whatever that looks like, right? The God, the God, the Buddha, the Allah, whatever that is. And we're leaving religion in a way to find our own way of seeing the world, our own truth, our own way of magic. So yeah, there are some people in IT that are rejecting this, but I also think there's a lot of people that are at least open to it. And the other thing too is like a lot of the people in IT were nerds and a lot of them are Dungeons and Dragons people, right? So this is like wizards and dragons and shit. So it's not, you can't not you cannot deny magic if you're in that world, if that makes sure, sense. Totally. Absolutely. Yeah, totally, totally, yeah. totally. I, I have played many, many hours of Dungeons & Dragons. So yes, I completely yeah, understand. Yeah. I've definitely informed my practice by a variety of fantasy books <laughs> yeah. over time. 
time (laughs) and things like that. So how do you use technology in your practice? Like, do you use it for, um, you know, beyond like, say, storing spells and doing podcasts and having social media? Like, how do you use technology? Um, Oh, there is a few a few ways i think one of them is that i because i see frequencies i create playlists with specific energies like i search for the songs and the music and the tones that create specific frequencies and then i use that for my own self i listen to them all the time or when i have a class for a specific topic I create a playlist with that energy and then I share that with my students so that they can sync up into that same frequency. Uh, so depending on what we're studying, we're studying abundance. I have a playlist that, you know, in my search, I was looking for certain vibrations and energies that the music was making. Mm-hmm. And then I share that with people. Uh, another thing is like, for example, like in my coven, we we use all the tech that you can imagine. Like all the all the classes are videos because I understand that now we are in different timelines we are in different countries we are not in different timelines but different time zones i mean yeah. different timelines too yes but i mean different time zones <laughs> different countries different mindsets my students are all over the world so i record everything so that they can access to the recordings at any, any given time all my classes have scripts because i also understand that we all learn from different ways so maybe hearing is not the way maybe seeing is another way Maybe reading is the way. So it, it all has scripts. Everything has uh, captions. Another thing that I do with my COVID is that I send daily mantras or daily witchy tips using a text message system. So in our end, we create the sequences for text messages. And then the witches that are in my community, they go there. And every single day, they get like a little reminder. Or if it's connected to the moon, oh, happy full moon or whatever. But it's like these little things that keep you on the on the path of magic one way or another. I also do, yeah, the podcast, but I also, um, I think sound, video, text messages, uh, using social media. And I, I think too, like, uh, I think too that the internet is a world. And I think too that sometimes, like I like playing with going into the interwebs and finding the customers that are aligned to the message that I have to share and that are looking for that message. And I kind of go into that world and look for the people and then, you know, set up kind of like systems over there to find me. It's almost like the equivalent to a Facebook ad, but instead of being a Facebook ad, this is a technology notice that I put out there on the internet universe, right? And I do that just to see what happens, but also every time that I do that, oh, hi, doggy. Every time that I do that, uh, it shows like the people shows up, kind of like the people listens to the call and hears the call. And I then lastly, that. yeah, and I think also connection, like the fact that we are now in technology, like in a in a such as a technology driven world, this connection with other people, we can talk to people from any tradition, from any country that are willing to talk to us. We yeah, can well, to we're talking to you from thousands of right? miles away. Right? So yeah. absolutely. Yeah, and well, I have like one of my members is from New Zealand. Another one is in Angola. We have somebody from Brazil. We have somebody in Germany. We have people in Canada. We have people in the United States. It's beautiful. There's like no separation anymore. I love that. Um, so how do you find that you keep um, 
relationships uh, sort of like open and thriving with these people that you meet throughout the world, part of your coven, people that you meet in your travels and in your in your journeys to learn more and everything. How do you sort of like, without seeing people in person all the time, how do you do the thing that allows you to keep your community vibrant and thriving and growing? I think basically we just all rise into connecting into the virtual world and the virtual world is our space of play. I think we're all showing up into knowing that we may not ever meet in person. Usually it's not the case. I mean, hopefully it's not the case. And one day we get to meet in person, but we also understand we, we may not, but we have the field of the virtual realm to play and be avatars of our own destiny in that space. I love that. Oh, that's so great. It's It feels like like there's this sort of like how John was saying with technology where people can be either very pro-technology with their magical practice or very sort of um, against technology in their magical practice. People are very like pro-meeting in person or online and you sort of have this like interesting line in between where there's there are plenty of people that can do both but some people are like no you have to meet in person and you have to do it this way and you have to do it that way um so i love hearing how people are sort of taking the way that the world is today and blending it with the energies of the past and also if you think about those energies of the past those are also technologies maybe they're not computer technology, but they're still technologies because they're technologies that are coming into our field and are changing our field and yeah. upgrading our field. So in reality, we're just talking about different types of technologies, but it's still a technology. Sure. Certainly, yeah. certainly, yeah. certainly. I mean, I mean, yeah, even something as simple as as like a uh, uh like a like a mortar and pestle, you know, that's that's the upgraded version of you know two rock you know a flat rock and <laughs> a round rocks, rock yeah. or, or, or what have you i mean you know, it's so still two rocks it is still two rocks. i mean <laughs> it's rocks. still better than a blender most of the time so yeah like with regard to like herbalism and and, and stuff like that so no I, I completely understand what you're saying technology is sort of everything's technology it's just relative to what time like what portion of time you're in yeah as it were so no i i completely understand what you're saying i completely understand what you're saying uh but so you had mentioned um, the, the classes that you teach, uh, and we definitely wanted to give you an opportunity to sort of like, um, like promote your classes and talk about like what the things are that you're working on and teaching. So that way, and we'll, um, we'll get, we'll get some, I'll get like links for you and we'll include like your social media and stuff like that in the, uh, um, description and in the, like, uh, what you call it, like summary for the podcast yeah. episode. Um, so that way people can like find your stuff, uh, your website and, and all that kind of stuff. But, um, tell us a little bit about your, about these classes that you teach kind of what, um, kind of what, what you're doing with those. Sure. Uh, so I have a variety of classes. Uh, I think the topics that people always ask me to teach and I have been teaching for quite a while is spiritual protection. And it, which is also a very important topic. We forget about our protection and then we get our asses kicked and then we don't know what happened. And it's because we, oh, honey, you forgot your feels. <laughs> Basic. Yeah. Things you like that. Like words. I always Where's talk about spiritual, spiritual protection. I do a defensive magic class once a year and I only teach that once a year because I like going deep. And in order to explore a topic like defensive magic, you actually require time and the energy for it because I like raising 
the energy of the attendees to my class to basically warrior level because we need to be on that field in order to do the proper defensive magic or better, more effective defensive magic. Uh, I also teach a lot about abundance. Right now, one of the classes that I have running is called the Society of Wealthy Witches. And in this class, I talk about the laws of the universe, such as the law of vibration or the law of polarity and how we can use those uh, laws to create abundance. And we explore the witch's mindset about abundance and why there is so much struggle. We talk about the witch's wound and the fact that we made a soul level contract in some point to not shine, to be small, to not charge for her services for several reasons, including safety and not wanting to be burned or killed, right? But now, but we also talk about the fact that now the world is ready for their gifts. Now the world is ready for witches that are wealthy, that we are living a life that is abundant so that we can give from a place of freedom and not from a place of struggle. And uh, so we talk about these laws. I also teach people how to hack their own timelines so that they can do the stacking of the timelines and connecting to different levels of themselves so that they can attain the abundance in a faster way. But we also talk about you have about the fact that they have to have systems and processing place. That is like my engineering side, right? Like my witchy side says it's all about frequencies, but then the logical side is, ah, you have to keep it sustainable because if you're doing something that is not sustainable, then it's going to crash. So we talk about that too. Um, we do a lot of... Uh, we do spell work of abundance, but it's also mostly like going into the deeper level of frequencies, vibrations, and reshifting our own mindsets and our own programmings. Um, I actually went to Switzerland to do a geolocation spell, which is like connecting into the land and the vortexes of the land to expand abundance for my class. Because I wanted that there was a, a vortex that was backing up this class. Uh, for them not to feel that it was just them entering the energy of abundance, but also having a vortex. So I went to this mountain called uh, the Raven Mountain in St. Morris, and I talked to the mountain. I asked for permission to create this vortex, and then she was showing me like how to activate which areas of that mountain in order to keep the sustainable vortex for people. So this is a little bit more of an advanced concept, right? But we also, you guys understand, like it's important that we have all these backups of energy because yeah, we are energy, but also we're not supposed to sustain the energy all the time by ourselves. Otherwise we're gonna end sick and tired and not okay. And what I teach in the society of wealthy, which is this abundance is not why you think it is abundance is not necessarily blink blink and you whatever you call it right <laughs> yeah. like it's not the lamborghini abundance is being happy it's being joyful is having the freedom to come and go anywhere you want to work when you want to serve your community in the way that you want coming from a place of freedom and that's different for different people right like Maybe abundance for people is driving a Mercedes. Maybe abundance for people is being in a cabin by themselves in the forest with nobody talking to them, right? <laughs> so, so we talk about exploring what that is and how we can give ourselves permission to attain it. And then I have my coven, uh, which I bring uh, teachers twice a month from all traditions to explain us the concepts of their traditions. And I believe that there are certain aspects on brujeria and witchcraft that are close, 
But I also believe that there's a lot of information that is open. So more like all my my students, they're not necessarily Latino, Latinas, Mexicans. They're from all over. And we share things that are uh, open practices. And I like bringing the experts on the topic. So like if we're going to have somebody talking about, let's say, Icelandic sorcery. Like I actually went to Iceland and I talked to the uh, to the curator of the sorcery and witchcraft museum in Iceland. And then she did a class for that. Or um, I had a, a mediumship teacher from Archer Findlay. I don't know if you guys know Archer Findlay, which is like the school of mediumship and the biggest school of mediumship um, in the world. And this guy, uh, Colin Bates is his name. He did a series of mediumship classes for the coven where he was teaching us on the style of Archer Finley. I like finding good teachers. I like finding the wise ones that have the authority to talk in their topic. And then we have had shamans and all sorts of things. We've had. So I have, I like that. I have I have that. And then really just other things. Like I teach a lot about manifestation, a lot about loss of vibration, and a lot about mindset. I think that 80% of our work is just really mindsets. Believing that we can do it. Believing that we're worthy of it. Believing that it is possible. And Absolutely. then when we achieve that, then everything else kind of like unfolds. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Well, yeah. I want to backtrack a little bit. I love all of this classes stuff, but you talked about vortexes and I want to hear more about how, like, have you worked with other vortexes before? What do you think about that? And I ask because we specifically on our property happen to have a, a vortex as well. And that's energy that I work with a lot and the vortex that we have. So we live in a, we live on sort of like coastal California. We live in a redwood forest and the part of the forest that we live in is old growth. Also, you're out in California, hit us up so that we can um, introduce you to our forest. But um, like we have a lot of old growth stuff and we, uh, one of our neighbors got really deep into understanding what it was like before there was, um, you know, colonialism here. So going back to the indigenous peoples who lived here and how they felt about this place and understanding that really brought into perspective for me, the vortex that we have, which is very sort of like um, a, a primal dark earth trickster type of a magic. Um, so I work a lot with the Fae, uh, a, a lot, a lot. <laughs> and it's been sort of one of my callings to um, introduce people more to how to understand and how to interact with that Fae energy, because there is so many negative things <clears throat> about that, especially in like European Western type of witchcraft, like don't touch the Fae, they're bad and, and evil. It's just, you have to understand them. Um, I could go on, but, <laughs> um, you know, so like that's the vortex that we have. So what was your experience in the energy of working with this vortex in Switzerland? And have you worked with other ones? How do you, how do you work with the vortexes? Tell me all about it. Let's gush. <laughs> Let's explore. First, before I get there, if you teach about the fake, please come to my community to teach about the fake. Cause we haven't had any teacher that talks about energy so if you're ever oh, up for absolutely. it absolutely please let me know because we will love to have you as a teacher absolutely i'm super down for that there you go i'll send you links so for vortexes yes i've worked with vortexes my entire life um i think i started working with first with the vortexes of the ocean because we used to have a small house uh at the ocean because my dad had, uh, was a fisherman he was a business owner but one of the things that he did is that he loved fishing so we had this like small non-fancy at all house in the water and we went there every weekend 
And I just got to learn to talk to the ocean. And I learned to talk to the energies and vibrations that I could see that were kind of like simmering out of the ocean. And, you know, like asking the waves to behave in a certain way or the other way. And just seeing that reaction for me was like very magical. So I think that that really determined who I am today. But also, I believe that we, because we have lived in many timelines, many dimensions, many spaces, that different versions of us live pieces of information for us to find, uh, which is what I call geolocation magic, which is a term that I started calling it like that. I actually have no idea what the name, but I started calling it like that because sometimes I go to places and I like click on those places and I have these massive downloads of information that I know that they don't come from spirit or from somewhere else. They're coming from a different version of me that was there in that point. And one of the biggest ones that I explore is when I was in Hungary, I went to this small called uh, this small town, town called York. Uh, it seems small to me. Maybe it's not too small. It's actually not so small. It's, it's bigger than my hometown. I don't want to be disrespectful, <laughs> but smaller than Budapest, I guess. Uh, and I was walking in York and I was just walking through this medieval place. And then suddenly I had this like remembering of me being there a long time ago. I could see myself, what I was doing, what I was dressing, like how I was dressing who I was at that time. And I also got to like see all this like information for me that was like a personal vortex that activated me in a way that I came back from that trip. I was still living in Mexico and I came back from my trip and I said to my family, you know what? I'm not meant to be here. I'm meant to be living in Europe. Like I'm gone. I'll, I'll be gone in months. And I did left after that. But that was like a personal vortex. But there is also other vortexes that I've worked with. Uh, I, I really like the vortexes in caves and caverns. Like that earth, old magic. It's very yeah. nice. Uh, one of the most powerful vortexes that I have encountered was right outside of Carcassonne in France. Uh, we went there because my husband is a, it's a board gamer and he loves the game Carcassonne. And we were around and he was like, oh, let's go and take a picture like a Meepo, you know, like the, for the non-gamers, maybe the gamers know what I'm talking about. But he wanted a picture in front of the castle, like arms open and legs open like a Meepo. Yeah. So we went there and I had, I didn't know anything about Carcassonne, but I was like, yeah, sure, let's go. And we went there and then leaving Carcassonne, I had this like vibration on my feet in my feet that I swear I thought it was a a an earthquake it wasn't because Andrew didn't feel it I was the only one that was feeling it and I could feel like the vibration of the vortex of Carcassonne and then historically um I realized when I was reading about it that this is one of the oldest cities in the world there has been many different iterations of humans living there from the castle to the I don't know, beginning of ages, right? And there was all these energy that had been piling up there that I got the pleasure and an honor to experience. So that was really nice. Um, I like also different vortexes that I just ask them where they are. Hey, I I am looking for the energy of abundance in the case of Switzerland. Like where in the world can I go that I will have permission to access to that vortex and tap into that vortex and use that energy. And the one that popped was Switzerland. But for example, uh, I went to uh, when I went to Iceland, I wanted to tap into the vortex of the volcano because it's when the volcano was active, uh, the one right outside of Reykjavik. Mm -hmm. And I went there and I, you know, I hike 
all the way to the volcano with with my husband and I was like carrying my candles and my stones and you know we we just like like to carry all this stuff <laughs> and I get there close to the top of the volcano well as close as you can get safely right from the volcano yeah we're there and then I'm like okay volcano I am really ready to work with you and the volcano was like uh no and the volcano was like no no sit down and enjoy this is not time for magic this is time for like witnessing my power basically that's what it said so I sat down and I did nothing and I just you know saw the beauty of the volcano and the volcanic energy and I didn't work with it that at that time so some vortexes as you know some of them are very active and very willing to work with you some other are not. Some other are very flimsy. Some other are very depleting. Like my previous house had a vortex that was a really nice vortex, but also was very demanding. And it required way too much to keep it on going. So I had to tell the vortex, you know what? As a mother now, like when I was single and I was there by myself on the house and it was all about the vortex, I could do it. But then when I became a mother and I don't know if you guys have children, but children are like so demanding. I love them, but they're so demanding. They want all this energy and all this love. I had to tell the board, like, sorry, I, I can right now. Yeah, so. yeah. We have a, a college near us that has like a really negative energy vortex around mm-hmm. it. And, and let me tell you, I tried going back to school and for more mundane things, you know, tried going back to school and kept, just couldn't keep doing it because I just couldn't be around this vortex anymore. And I just, it, it, it's, it's unfortunate because it's a very good college that's near us, but it's something that I could not do. And I just had to say, you know what? I can't do this with this thing anymore. It's just stealing all of the passion and energy, the drive. The drive it was that I have. The we also have like some fairly powerful, vor- like I have experienced some fairly powerful vortexes. Like we have one here. Um, there is one near um, a place where I used to go every summer with my family and my my father was drawn to it. And um, I don't, my family uh, has some magical background, but I wouldn't necessarily call myself a hereditary witch because of the because of the climate and because of the religion that they grew up in, they didn't really take any of that. So I kind of work with not knowing what that spiritual background is because either either they are gone, they've already passed on, or they just never talk about it. Um, but he was always drawn to this spot. And I, as you know, it, it, in reflecting as I had grown up, I had grown up near this vortex and sort of feeding on this ocean energy vortex in Monterey. Um, when uh, when I was a kid, like every summer, sometimes a few times a summer, we would go there. So that's one that I have fed on a lot too. And it's funny that you mentioned the volcano one because I too was like, I went to Hawaii with my ex-husband and we went to go and tour the uh, Volcanoes National Park there. And it's such a powerful, primal place. And I um, was like, okay, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to do some meditation. And like at the top of the, you know, at the top of the thing and they have all the stuff and I just could, could not. I could not get into that meditative flow state. It was just not there. There was too much happening underneath me for me to be able to sort of clear and handle it. But when I was hiking around the the lava fields, 
I definitely could feel it. I was able to sort of move into that sort of like really beautiful flow state that you can reach when you're doing meditation and hiking or walking at the same time. And um, ever since then, Hawaii has been like one of those like special places in my heart, even though I've only been there one time and it was with somebody I'm no longer with. You know, it's a special place. It's a special thing um, that is like very much there for me. So I absolutely understand what you mean about this vortex stuff because I definitely have worked with those. And before I even had like the ability to understand that they were like vortexes of power, they were ley lines um, that I definitely worked with them and just didn't really understand what it was that I was doing and where the magical part of it was coming from. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know, mentioning so, so like, you know, like calling it vortexes or like ley lines, you know, I, I think that definitely brings up, a, uh, and you've, you've mentioned this a couple of times before, about how like there are sort of like every practice has a different term for kind of the same thing, you know, all of that, all of that sort of connective tissue. But um, specifically when you're talking about uh, traveling to Iceland and like kind of like, like packing all that stuff up there to do like a magical practice, I think something that we often kind of don't talk about in the space of magic is like sometimes the best laid plans of of magical practice are just don't do it it's not the time for that you know there have been there have been countless times where i've been like i've got i've got this grand plan to do a thing and then like all of a sudden it's four o'clock in the afternoon and i'm like i'm not gonna do this this is not today you know like not this time or or, or what have you um but uh, uh, what was I going to say there? Um, so you mentioned while you were traveling, I mean, you know, we, you had said earlier, you know, get into the sort of like uh, like the more advanced stuff. And you had mentioned while your travels through Europe, that sort of like where you can feel like you've been there before in the past. And it sounds like you've had that experience in in uh, many locations. Is this a thing that that sort of often occurs for you? I get I, like I've always just used the term deja vu. because I don't have a better word for it or at least didn't whenever I've traveled um, when I was younger. But um, I, I've had, I completely understand what you're talking about. There have been, I have been in towns one time where the first time I got there, I was just like, I know exactly where I'm going to get to the place I need to get to. You know, where it's just like, you just all of a sudden understand this location, whether it's in France or England. Um, I've been to uh, Semeritz in Switzerland. It's a beautiful place very yeah, i love the energy in that place i completely understand what you were talking about uh there but uh is, is like do you do you find that a common occurrence of that sort of deja vu feeling like you've like you've been there before in a past or alternate um timeline as it were uh not all not all the time uh i do mostly in medieval series because i think my older self was always jumping back and forward on medieval times because i love anything medievally i mean like see my see my wall here right like <laughs> like that is my yeah. <laughs> and, and the chair that yeah. people call the throne which is something that i found in 20 dollars in the facebook marketplace oh what a great guys nice. right? like see there you go <laughs> which by the way that uh, it was from a 
Irish priestess that was retiring. Long story. Anyways, uh, I sometimes feel that mostly in medieval towns, but there is also other places that I have never been before. Switzerland being one of them. I actually was asking where am I supposed to go and that came and everything aligned and we went there. But I was walking through Switzerland and I really, I don't think I've had ever been there before. There's been other places that yes, like Paris. Paris feels like, like I've been there many times. I mean, I have been there several times in this lifetime, but the first time that I went there, I couldn't know where to go, even that I had never been there. Uh, like some other places it has felt like that, but not all of them. How do you incorporate that into your spirituality and your practice? Like, are do you feel like they're like you're learning lessons or sort of taking pieces of a puzzle and making you more whole? Like, how do you handle those kind of revelations? I think the question will be, how do they handle me? Fair. <laughs> <laughs> because sometimes they just kick my ass. Like, you know, like sometimes I'm going there like, oh, I'm going to work with this energy. And then the energy is nice and smooth and joyful. And sometimes the energy just gets me down in my butt. <laughs> like, and that happened in Iceland. Iceland was very magical for me. And we were in this park. Can't pronounce it. Uh, but it's where the tectonic plates divided. Uh, in one of the earthquakes and then the separation of the tectonic plates brought them up to surface and then he brought a waterfall and I was hiking there with Andrew and then suddenly it just like brought me down to the floor like I cannot even explain it but the energy was so strong it wasn't something that I could control and some, I recognize that, that we are powerful, we're magical, and we have the ability to manage energy. But I also recognize that some of those energies are stronger than us. It will not yeah. be, we, like, it will be very selfish and egotistical and crazy to think that is not the case. So for me, at least. So I, I just go down and I stay there on the floor and then I just turn down and then I started like crying my, like all the tears and my husband, knowing that I'm weird, he was like, oh, you're having one of your moments. Okay, I'll wait. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds familiar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, she's in a vortex again. So, yeah. So, so that, that, that will be one of the times that it was handling me. I wasn't handling it. I was just receiving and experiencing and just being with it. There's other times that I consciously play with the energy and weave the energy and just kind of create things out there just to see what happens or with a purpose too. Uh, but I don't necessarily have the ability to handle it all the time. Sometimes we're just there to experience it. Sometimes we're there to witness it. Sometimes we're there by accident. Sometimes we're there because we're meant to do something. Um, I, I think every occasion is different. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Um, speaking of like, like energies that are overpowering, is there, are there, um, like sort of what are some of the challenges and, or, and, or like barriers that, that you have either come across or had to overcome in the development of your practice? Like as you've grown through your practice, and especially like now that you're kind of further along, you know, like you like you had mentioned earlier, we often talk about the beginning of the journey of our magical selves. But sometimes like the larger barriers we interact with 
or later on in our journey? You know, so like, what are some of the things that you've come into with that? I will believe, I will say that the, the biggest barriers are two things. One is our own mindsets. How much we accept that the world is what we, is, is not what we think it is and challenging our own perspectives and our own views. And when we are in this process of realigning to our true selves, we have to break a lot of the patterns and we have to break a lot of the mindsets and we have to reconsider a lot of our ideas. So I think one of the funny things that happened to me sometimes is like, I get these moments where I realize, oh, I can't believe that that's who I was 20 years ago. Like that version of me doesn't exist at all. Even the people that met me 10 years ago, like I am 100 times different, right? Uh, but giving myself permission to have that growth and also forgiving myself for the mistakes that I made when I was that Wendy, because nobody's perfect or we are perfect in our own way, whatever you want to say about this. But sometimes we take the decisions that are not the best decisions. I've made plenty of mistakes. So giving myself permission to, to accept that maybe in occasions I wasn't doing the right things or I wasn't acting from the right place or I was coming from a place that wasn't my own truth. That's one of them. And then the other is I am careful to who I share time and space with and energy because not everybody sees the world the world in the way that I see it. And I don't need people to see the world in the way that I see it, but I do want people to respect the way that I see it. And in the same way, if there is somebody that sees the world in their own way, as long as they don't want me to think like them, then I will absolutely and completely respect who they are as long as they're not jerks, right? Yeah. So yeah. I, I pay a lot of attention to my boundaries of time and space. I pay a lot of attention to who I spend time with in person, who I spend time with at the phone or in a video or any of the realms that exist. Uh, and I especially pay attention to to stay away from the people that are always in the negative that are always in in toxicity or that I, they have had the same struggle and issue that they had five years ago seven years ago and ten years ago and they keep th talking about the same issue and they are in a victim place and and yeah stuff happens and abuse happens and trauma happens i'm not saying it doesn't but I believe that when we experience it, when we experience things that are difficult, we got to bounce out of it. We can't stay there forever, regardless of if it was our fault or not. We got to get the hell out of it because otherwise we're just caving our own hole. So I try to be very mindful about that and in and, and my growth and, and in my role as a teacher, too, because I have the responsibility of having a strong energy in order for me to serve the community. Because if I am showing up for my own students and the people that I love and that I serve, but I am depleted and I am not grounded and I am just going through a bunch of things and I'm not spending the time to heal, then I am going to be of disservice instead of service. Because I will be bringing my own crap, right, into, into the people that I work with. Uh, and then, but that is like, it's really like a very human, like or my own self and my own limitations as well as where I spend the time with. Honestly, in my experience with spirits and timelines and places, most of what I have experienced is very helpful one way or another. 
in my experience i'm not saying that there may be spirits there that are not negative although the word negative is like very subjective but most of what i've experienced has actually been very helpful yeah i Up think to a lot of people focus on the negative well of course negative things that happen to them and it is difficult to dig out of that trauma like speaking as someone who's had like and battled with anxiety and depression their whole life like it's you have to you have to learn how to carve steps in that hole to to get out of that hole and it's it's certainly not easy but also like i think a lot of people uh, have a tendency to really focus on the like oh, these, you know, be careful for these negative spirits and these bad spirits. And I have had very, very few situations where I have dealt with a truly negative spirit or entity or energy. And it's really most of the time having to do with not understanding the perspective in which that entity is operating. I do, I've I've always done a lot of spirit and entity type magic and uh, also working with deities. And there's this sort of idea that people have where the, you know, they can easily be angered or upset or they don't understand how something is. it's bad and i think that it really has to do with with perspective and understanding sort of like where that thing is uh is you know coming from um so i absolutely understand how you how you're kind of like organizing that stuff i think i think you really hit the nail on the head by saying that that negativity and and negative is one of those terms that's sort of relative right something that you find negative might not necessarily be negative to to me or vice versa, you know? So I, I think that it's sort of one of those relative things. And I think that, you know, what you said about making sure that your like energy is in the right place because you're trying to serve your community is, um, I, I think it's a lesson that, w- that could serve more than even just uh, witchy and magical people is that sort of like, you have to take care of yourself first so you can take care of other people you know, so that way you can be a, a beneficial member of society or or however you want to say it. So that way, you know, you're not kind of bringing your drama to others. You know, like your thing is your thing. And like, if you need help, seek help. But like, don't drag other people down with you. You know, so I, I think that I think that you uh, I, I think that's uh, you really hit the nail on the head with that one. Um before we move on so time wise we've been at this for about an hour uh what's what's your time going do you want to just we can kind of do like a like a little wrap up here and then go from the and then kind of yeah, like about 15 20 minutes my my call is 2 p.m so i i have oh, I perfect. Can, we want to make sure that we're not messing with your schedule because we could talk to you all day yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. no your perspective on all of this stuff is 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 super fascinating um I think there is was, uh, one one thing I would like to explore, if it's okay with you guys, yeah, is about uh, the, the the spirits. So we are talking about negative experiences with spirits, right? And we're talking about the subjectivity of negative, but yeah. also the word negative is a human, right? Like it's yeah. our own belief system about what is positive and what is negative, and about the duality that we assign as humans. But in my experience, what I've seen in some of those entities, especially like the ones that attach to your auric field and your chakras and your centers of energy, they don't know right or wrong. They're just hungry 
And they yeah. just happened to be a bug that found a hole in your auric field. And they kind of like went in and went in and latch and started eating you. But it's not because they were positive or negative. It's just simply because they were hungry. And it's that not the nature of the thing. It's the nature of the thing. Exactly. Yeah. So we cannot necessarily take it personal. We cannot necessarily spiral down in a victim way of, oh my God, why is this attacking me? What God? I don't know. Whatever God you pray to, but uh why is this attacking me and maybe it's just because you were in the wrong place in the wrong time so we have to focus more into our own spiritual maintenance into keeping our feel strong what you were saying right like taking care of ourselves we have to focus on that self-care so that we can remain strong we can remain helpful we can remain in our power because we're leaking all our energy this is also another thing that I teach to people is if you're licking your energy, then you are becoming depleted and you will never be able to replenish unless you repair all the fractures that exist in your energy field. Absolutely. Yeah. That really resonates with me. It, re it reminds me a lot about how people talk about uh, leaky gut syndrome from like a biological perspective. And I think that that can really apply much like technology applies to magical systems like the biology of it can absolutely apply as well so when you have leaky gut syndrome things sort of like get out and, uh, and things that you don't want get in and i think that it can absolutely be the same way with the auric fields um and it's just a matter of trying to sort of like pop <laughs> And then and then stitch it closed. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's a, a thing that I definitely do. Although when I do it, I sort of I act more upon um, sort of like breath and color magic. So I will breathe in the healing and then I will breathe out the color or manifestation of the energy that I um, that I perceive as the thing that's sort of like getting me down. And that's it's really subjective for what it is that I feel that I need and also what I feel needs to be basically kicked out and expelled. So that's how I deal with that um, side of things. Um, and that I find if I don't do that on like a regular basis as part of like a sort of a self-care meditation thing, I usually do it at the end of yoga for however long I'm there in Savannah um, because I'm definitely a yoga girl. <laughs> like I, that is, that is the time that I do that. And I find that if I, if I spend too much time away from doing that, that type of um that type of cleansing energy, and renewal yeah. and energy work that i have a much harder time with my entire spiritual practice as well as a much harder time and much more things to expel than uh i would normally when i'm doing it on the regular there is a technique uh, can i share it with you that may be helpful for this oh absolutely this is this works particularly great if there's a river that you work with but you guys are on the forest so the trees of your forest may also be wanting to help you yeah or we are water. also right next to a river yeah, yeah. The, the, the primary river for our county runs just down the hill from us that's okay oh, perfect so there you go oh, yeah. you have a space but uh what i do when i need like a deep reset that is quick we have a river nearby um we have a Guaya creek and then we have the potomac river and then we have a bunch of other rivers around so we're like a really nice area very green uh lots of water 
But what I do is that I go into the river and I talk to the river to recycle energy for me. And I ask the river if it will give me permission to basically take the funk out of me, send it to the river to wash it out and then transmute the energy. And river energy tends to be very helpful, at least to me. And I like bringing my offerings and I like honoring the spirit of the river too, of course. It's not just about taking, it's about also honoring. But I, what I do is that I go into each of my energy centers and I imagine that with my hands, I'm pulling out the energy that no longer serves me. And I take out with my hands, I kind of scoop it out of my energy centers. Let's just say I'm going to do the third eye. And I go into my third eye and I scoop out with my hands. I send it to the river and I ask the river to recycle the energy. So the energy goes to the river, cleanses with the river, and then I take it back and I bring it back into my third eye. So it's kind of washing away the energy and releasing the energy and cleansing the energy. But in shamanism, the principle is you got to cleanse. Then you got to feel the hole because you don't just cleanse the energy and leave the hole there. You feel the hole with something and then you activate it or seal it. That is like three different steps that you follow. So I do that with the river. I take it out and then I bring it back. And then I just ask my, my chakra to kind of like up level or heal or go into the next level now that the energy has been cleansed. And I do that all the time. And I go through each of the chakras and I cleanse each of the chakras. I recycle the energy on each of the chakras. And then I feel like new because my system, it's it's reactivated. And in the Mayan tradition, we work with the same points on the chakras are called something different. But you also work with the articulation. So you're talking about shoulders, wrist, elbows, hips, uh, and then the knees and then the ankles. So those are also the other points that I expel energy and then bring energy back to cleanse me. Oh, wow. I love this so much. Yeah, it's awesome. Absolutely going to try this. It We just finished with like a couple of big rainstorms. We're getting crazy rain out here in California. And we even have like a tiny creek running through our property, literally pooling at where this vortex is and then yeah. running yeah. out down yeah, into the river. Place. So probably going to go do that today. Yeah, yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely, definitely. Yeah. Uh, no, that's awesome. That's that's super awesome. Yeah. Um, so I think we're about at time. Yeah. So um Tell us where can, uh, if you if you have one last thing you want to tell our listeners, what would that be? And then tell us where they can find you. Yeah. Uh, last thing to say will be just to remind everybody that you are magic, that nobody's going to come and give you magic, that you have to remember that you're magic, that you have to accept that you're magic, and that you have the ability and the power to change your reality. And this is going to... Be as strong, as powerful as you believe it. There has been way too many things in the human experience that made you forget your magic and your power. But in reality, you're one with the source, one with the universe, one with humanity, one with the elementals. And you have the ability to draw a new reality, no matter where you are in life. No matter if you are in in the down of downers, you still have the ability to rebound. So that I want to tell you that you remember that you have the ability to bounce back and to bounce back even better, not just where you were, but even better to so give yourself permission to dream, give yourself permission to visualize, give yourself permission to tell your brain that you deserve a reality that is an even better reality, whether it's the love life, abundance, whatever it is that you want to create and manifest, whatever feels your, your soul, 
that will be the last thing I want to tell you, which is your magic, your power, you're one with the divine. Uh, and you you need to claim that because nobody's going to come and tell you this. It's not about initiations, even that I have a bunch of initiations and I come from a tradition, but I do believe that you can do it by yourself. Yeah, it helps to be initiated. It helps to come from a system because it gives you a structure, but also you can discover your own. And and then uh, a, a side of that is if you are joining a structure, if you're joining a system, then just be sure that they have an ethical system that matches your ethical system or is even better than your ethical system because you want to be thriving to making the world a better place, not making the world a shittier place because it's already chaotic. Well, yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> so you want to make it better. So yeah, that would yeah, be... And then stuff. to finding my email or where you can... Uh, find me is here so my team can send it to me support at bruja.us bruja is b-r-u-j-a which means bruja or witch in spanish my website is bruja.us that's my botanica and my classes are at witch.institute that's where we are resetting right now the website is under uh, like i'm working on it i'm updating in it but that's where you can find the classes and then lastly, uh, there in witch.institute, you're going to be seeing some of the summits that I'm going to be organizing for this year. I'm bringing a bunch of speakers to share their message to the world. Our first summit is going to happen at the last week of May 2023. Uh, and we're going to be talking about creating a sacred space. But it is not just the physical sacred space. It's also the liminal sacred space. It's the mental sacred space. It's the emotional sacred space. It's the energetic sacred space. So we have 12 different teachers from all over the world that are going to be talking about this. And I will also be uh, teaching on the summit. So just keep an eye on it. Uh, the information is going to be published the first week of April 2023 so that people can join the summit. Awesome. And you've got some social profiles too, right? Uh, yeah, Bruja Power in Instagram and Bruja Power Botanica in uh, TikTok. And Perfect. then it's the same Bruja Power the Botanica in Witchcraft Spain. Myths Dispelled thing you've been doing lately. Very cool. Yeah. 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 So, and all of that stuff will be uh, linked in the um, description below for the YouTube video, as well as it'll be in the episode summary description for the podcast. If, you're, if people are listening to this as a podcast, because it'll be released as both just an audio podcast on all the networks, as well as um, a YouTube video. And then once I get all of those edited and uploaded, I'll um, uh, share the links for that stuff to you. Sounds good. And I'll pass it around in all our socials and our mailing list. And thank you so much for your time. Yeah, yeah this thank you so much. Awesome. Yeah, very awesome. Is... We're so happy with this. It was great talking with you. Uh, very, very insightful, very informative um can't can't wait to to keep seeing what you're doing on uh, like social media and stuff has been fantastic um loved your website we checked all that stuff out um earlier it's uh yeah it's it's uh yeah. it's good to see more people kind of spreading the message you know yeah. and I, like i love don't be a jerk it's so simple it's so <laughs> yes. and, it, and it's gonna require a bunch of us to agree 
Yeah. So, <laughs> right. you know, it's, it's, it's good. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. I know we definitely love to have you back at some point. I'd really like Thank to hear you. more about the shamanistic and the Bruja traditions. It's something that I'm very interested in learning more about. Um, and I'd also love to talk to you more about my practice with the Fae to talk to your coven about that too. Yeah. And I'll send you the, the links and the invitations for our guest speakers. We would love to have you. And yeah, just let me know when we, when we keep talking about shamanism and I'm happy to explore that. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, let's be definitely. friends. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like a plan. <laughs> Thank you so much and have a wonderful day. Yeah, Thank you, you as well. You too. <laughs> Bye. All right, guys. Well, that was our interview uh, with uh, Bruja Wendy. That was absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I hope you all enjoyed it. Um, for everybody who's been here before, uh, let us know what you thought of that. And, uh, and if you want us to do more interviews, uh, this was a little different than what we normally do, but uh, we had a great time with it. Um, and we look forward to doing more interviews. And for everybody who's new here, welcome. Hello. And uh, thanks for stopping by. Thanks for stopping by. And uh, this was a ton of fun. Um, what did y'all think? Oh, you know, comment below. Let us know how, you know, what you thought. What's a lot of this resonated. Like if you've been watching, if you've been watching us for a while, you've, you've probably heard me talk about uh, before the infinite Jonathan and and, <laughs> and a, a bunch of a bunch of this stuff. So let me tell you how uh, how uh, awesome that was. But uh, yeah, that was absolutely fantastic. Um, and uh, we look forward to doing more of this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, so yeah, I guess uh, you know YouTube business. Don't forget to like this video, comment below, share, subscribe, and do all that kind of stuff because I continue to forget to do those things. Yeah. And a huge shout out to our patrons, Alan, Miranda, Alexa, Helena, and Somewhere. Yeah. Thank you for being our patrons. Yeah, you you help us awesome. do what we do and a little bit better every time. And that's how we were able to get this going. Yeah. Uh, so thank you very much there. And um, with that, we think we'll leave you. Yeah. Yeah. We'll catch you guys next time. So uh, either way, I've been John Norgrove. This has been Julie Norgrove. This has been The Horn. And Cauldron Podcast. Podcast. And we will catch you guys next time. Stay magical, folks. Yeah. And don't forget, breathe in self-confidence and breathe out self-doubt. Mm -hmm.